Good day, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome into the Who That Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints as a part of Fans Cited. I am your host, Tyler Raymond. And I'm also your host, Dayton Brown. We wanted to give a huge thank you to every single one of our listeners for the support we've gotten from you guys since we started this podcast. It has been tremendous. It has been more than we expected. And we just want to thank all of you guys for tuning in, whether it's this week, last week, or any of the weeks combined. Just thank you, thank you so much. Uh, We are on episode four, and I would love to introduce our next guest. Um, He is a contributor for our very own whodatdish.com, and he is a diehard Saints fan who occasionally also streams on Twitch. You can check him out in his bio on Twitter. Uh, Please welcome all the way from Georgia, USA, Matthew McFatridge. How are you doing, Matthew? Hey, Damon. Hey, uh, um, Tyler. Good, good. Um, Yay, that's good. Good to have you, man. Um, give us, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, for our audience and for ourselves. Um, how long have you been a Saints fan? What made you a Saints fan? You are from Georgia. Is there any backstory to that? And, uh, plug away your social media as well. Yeah, um, I've been a Saints fan since, uh, right after Hurricane Katrina, 2006, um, I was actually a big fan of uh, Reggie Bush at, when he was at USC. Me too. Um, I've been a big college football fan for forever, it feels like. Um, and then when he came to the league, I started following NFL. I was like, I'm going to follow Reggie Bush. And he was supposed to be number one going to Houston, so I could very well have ended up being a Houston um, Texans fan. Mm. Thank God that did not happen. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I uh, started rooting for the Saints. Um, some people might say I'm a bandwagon fan. I came on when they started you know, being successful. But, um, you know, it's just uh, kind of how I've been. Um, it is hard being in Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a few hours away from Atlanta, uh, so everybody gives me crap for, for that, not being a Falcons fan. But, uh, you know, I love it. I love being a part of Who That Nation and probably the best, uh, best, uh, best, best team in the world to root for. Uh, I would agree, yeah, the, the fan base. Is, I, I actually uh, pretty much have kind of a similar story to you. I started becoming a fan, um, part and partially due to Reggie Bush, but it was also, um, for some reason, I, I had always liked Drew Brees, and I have no idea why. Um, and then when he came to the Saints, and it was Reggie Bush, and they were like pretty much like a new chapter for the team, I was like, man, might as well. Because before that, believe it or not, I actually rooted for the Falcons. This was when I was like eight, nine years old, so I, I, right. personally, it doesn't count to me. I was a huge Michael Vick fan, though, and then, uh, but yeah, and then once that whole ordeal with uh, Vick went down, I was like, I got to get a new team. I can't root for the Falcons anymore. And then, of course, similar, I, I was going to say, I was similar with me, uh, too, Matt, with, um, Will Smith. I don't know if you guys have heard that story. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I th- yep. did. You say? Have you told that on the pod? I'm not sure if you told that on the podcast. Um. Well, basically, um, what happened was, um, uh, Will Smith uh, grew up in Utica, New York, which is only like a half hour from um where I'm from, and my grandmother followed him when he was super young. We followed him all the way through Ohio State. And then, you know, Saints victims. We're like, hey, I'll follow the Saints. But that's awesome, though, Matt. That you know, from Reggie Bush. But oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I was kind of a, you know, I don't know why I was a USC fan. I think it was mostly because of Bush and Leinart when they were there. And, you, uh, you know, once they left, I kind of just jumped off that bandwagon. So, Well, cool, man. It's uh, fantastic to have you on the show. You can follow Matthew on Twitter, mmcfaddy93. Um, so we're going to get into Articles of the Week, and then we're going to do a couple of segments. Um, so let's start out with Articles of the Week. It is a weekly segment we have here on the podcast. Uh, It's where all of us discuss our most recent articles, and then we pick one from another contributor to praise and talk about. So, Matthew, I'm going to start with you. Um, Give me one of your articles, and then an article from another contributor you'd like to plug away. 
All right, yeah. Um, so this week I wrote a uh, pretty big article. Uh, it took uh, a little bit over a week for me to get down and write it. I wrote, um, titled it "What If New Orleans Saints Edition." Just kind of went in depth about uh, you know the expectations surrounding the team, uh, and there's a lot of hype and offseason you know stuff. Even with all the injuries, people are still saying we have a really high ceiling this year, um, especially with the defense improving, AP coming in, you know, to the backfield. Just a lot of you know positives moving for us, even you know, with the negatives of the injuries. And I just kind of go in depth and say, you know, what if these things don't happen the way they are expected to? What if Adrian Peterson gets injured? What does that mean for Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara? What if the defense doesn't get better? Um, what if we uh, miss the playoffs this year? You know, I kind of just go in depth about that. Um, and uh, hopefully none of that happens, but I, right. know, just kind of a what if scenario. Um, and for the other article, I chose uh, one from uh, the, our editor, Dean. Um, he wrote about how the red zone is going to make or break the, the Saints in 2017. Um, he specifically hits on the defense. Um, and he quotes uh, John Harbaugh talking about um, from the Ravens about how uh, the defense, you know, yards is all pretty and you can uh, do all this different stuff with yards, have all these passing yards and rushing yards. But the thing that's most important is um, you know, red zone defense. And can the Saints do that? That's going to be something that's interesting this year. We have a lot of new faces on the front seven, a bunch of new linebackers. The depth hasn't depth chart hasn't even really been named yet. So many question marks. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that goes. And I kind of like how he broke that down in his article. Yeah, they were great articles. Indeed, I especially enjoyed yours, Matt. You know, you really put a lot of time and effort into that. It really shows. You know, obviously, who had this from the guests. We, um, the audience, we always appreciate, you know, people that, um, uh, put in their time and effort, you know, really putting their emotions into these Saints articles. So we appreciate that. So, Dane, do you want to go next? Sure, I'll plug away. Um, I, I actually wanted to plug away at yours, Matt, but I knew since you were going to be on the show, you're obviously going to plug away at your own because that's, that's part of the thing. So, yeah, that was a really good, um, article that I think it balanced, um, pessimism and optimism fairly well. Uh, you obviously delved into the good things about the Saints, but then your, your, obviously your what if was, what if this stuff goes bad? Um, but, but I thought that you balanced it out really, really well and it, and it was a really interesting article to read. So fantastic. You could obviously tell all the work that you put in. Um, I haven't released an article since my last one that I plugged away at last week. So I'll plug away again, um, for it. Uh, it's the top five cornerbacks in New Orleans Saints history. Um, obviously, uh, like I said last week, not a very uh, impactful position in Saints history, but uh, an important one nonetheless. And three of the guys on the list are actually from the Super Bowl winning um, roster, championship roster for the Saints. So, um, yeah, I'll plug away at that again. Top five cornerbacks in Saints history and find it on whodatdish.com. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to plug away was from um, G Balance, uh, who's one of our newer writers on the site. Um, the title of his article is three major passing milestones that Drew Brees can eclipse in 2017. Not only was this article, um, like a little bit surprising to me just because I, I, I didn't know that Drew Brees was so close to that many accomplishments again to surpass. Um, but the fact that how huge they were, um, so the, the three accomplish accomplishments were joining the 70,000 passing miles club, which was 70,000 passing yards in a career. Currently Drew Brees is third. Um, behind Peyton Manning and Brett Favre, who are the only two to be in the 7,000 passing yard club. Drew Brees only needs 3,889 yards to reach 70,000. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's pretty much like uh, G says. It's, it's pedestrian by Drew Brees's, um, uh, by his standards. 
Um, and so, and then he needs only five, or not only, he needs 5,829 yards to capture the record held by Peyton Manning, which I think is, I mean, obviously it's a stretch. It's possible for Drew Brees, though. I mean, he could sling it. Um, the other one was reach the 500 passing touchdown club. Um, he only needs 35 touchdowns to do it. He threw 37 a year ago, and he's thrown for 35 or more touchdowns four times in his career. So I think that's very doable. Um, yeah. And then the last one was reached, the 6,000 Passing Completions Club. Um, he only needs 164 completions, obviously very doable, because um, he had 471 last year. So um, he also has a chance to break the record held by Brett Favre. Um, he needs 464 for that. But anyway, but the, the I think the main reason the article was so fantastic to me is that it, obviously I love Drew Brees as much as any Saints fan. But this really made me look at him and go, man, his career, especially for the Saints, has been so historic, so fantastic to watch. So um, underrated. So under exactly, hey. yeah, it's very underrated. Obviously, not by Saints fans. We all we all know yeah. and love Drew Brees and how fantastic he is. He is. Uh, he's uh, in, to me and to most Saints fans, he is the greatest quarterback of all time, and it shows. He's going to break three of arguably three of those records before he retires, possibly by the end of this season, uh, when he still has some gas in the tank. So you know, uh, thank you, G, for putting that together because that 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 was that was a really fantastic read and made me appreciate Drew Brees even more, which I didn't think was possible. So uh, Tyler, go ahead, plug away your articles, man. Okay, yeah, they're all great articles. So the first one I'm going to plug away is actually not by my own, but from our fabulous editor, uh, Dean. Basically, what this article is called is "Would Drew Brees Ever Leave the New Orleans Saints?" What this article gets into is, you know, Drew Brees isn't exactly in the prime of his career anymore, and I. When stats go to show everything, sometimes quarterbacks end up leaving the teams that they've been with for a long time. You know, and Drew, um, basically what Dean goes into is basically some of the accomplishments Drew has had, the impacts he's made with the team, and even the impact what would happen if he left. You know, and how devastating that could be for Saints fans emotionally and statistically for the team. But it's a great article. You know, on HoodAtDish.com, we recommend everyone check out those articles and the one that I have. I haven't posted a recent article, so this one is from three days ago. Basically, a fan showcase by myself of Game Time Saint. His name is Donald Silcio. Basically, he's a Saints super fan who not only has had several games, but gives back to his community. He was featured on NFL Network's Tackle My Ride. He's just a great guy who loves to um, give back to his community. So it, it was really, it was a great time interviewing him, and I strongly recommend everyone uh, check that out. So. Yeah, everybody, be sure to go to whodatdish.com. That's where we live. That's where you should live as well. Be sure to read everything, including uh, the summary article for this uh, podcast, which will be up a little bit after this is posted. All right, so now we move on, guys, to our first topic of the podcast, beyond, you know, obviously our articles of the week. Basically, this is uh, the four for the Saints this season. What do we expect them to do? What do we expect them to accomplish, their records, uh, what they're playing for, Etc. So, um, with that being said, Dayton, Matt, the floor is with you guys, and then I'll comment after. What do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys expect the Saints to accomplish this uh, season? Matt, you are our guest, so I'll, I'll have you take the floor first. All right. Um, this was this was tough uh, to think of. I mean, there's not very many gimme games in the season early, but we have a pretty tough schedule. First uh, first few weeks, we start off. Monday Night Football against the Vikings, and we have the Patriots six days later. Then we uh, have the Panthers. We travel to London with the Dolphins, have a bye week, the Lions, the Packers, and then the Bears. 
I don't see a gimme game in that until week eight against the Bears. Yep. Uh, we can, we can obviously we can beat all of those teams. I'm not saying that we can't. Uh, um, I think uh, the floor uh, for the record wise would be uh, probably five and eleven. Um, I don't see too many uh, gimme games outside of the Bears, the Jets, the Bills, um, and the Rams. Uh, those are the four gimme games. We're obviously going to beat. Couple division foes, uh, Carolina. I'm still not sold on them yet. Um, that's you know, but I only see that happening five wins if we have injuries. If Bro goes down or Cameron Jordan, Drew Brees, any any big time injury, even Adrian Peterson, I think you know that could derail us quite a bit. Um, but I think if we stay healthy, you know, the worst worst case could be seven and nine again. Um, a bunch of question marks on defense. I think our offense isn't going to be an issue. It's just a matter of, you know, can we stay healthy? And can Drew Brees keep, uh, keep going some interceptions? There's been times in his New Orleans career where he's thrown the interception when you don't need him. A lot of that might be because he's picking up the defense. You know, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, but, um, you know, I think seven and nine probably is the ceiling if we stay healthy. Uh, at worst, five, five wins. Um, and God forbid that happens. Uh, that would right. be absolutely devastating. Uh, if that did happen, there needs to be a lot of talk in the front office about uh, changes all through the board. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Everything you just said, you, you hit it spot on. Uh, it really is going to be about the health of the team overall. Um, and we're obviously not off to a fantastic start with uh, Unger and, and Armstead being injured. Um, but uh, last year, Rankins was out for a lot of the season, and, and we, we did we did fairly well without him once he came back. That improved. Um, Drew Brees missed a couple of games. I, I think that we were either one or two games, which rarely ever happens in his career. Um, we were able to survive. We, we, we did all right. I mean, we still finished 7-9, to nine, but it, w- it wasn't a – disastrous season so it is going to be about the health and, and if any major injuries happen but I, I at the end of the day when i was mulling over this question what what is their ceiling i think that you have to take into account everything not only the schedule not only the health of the team um but the chemistry of everybody um the veteran presence that we have on the team um and then the combination of young athleticism with uh just you know, physical uh, nature that that the rest of the players bring to the team um, so you mentioned Adrian Peter- Peterson getting hurt. That would be, I, I agree, that would be a big blow to us. But then when you look at things, if, if Peterson does go down, Mark Ingram, who is our starter, he's still the starter. I, I mean, Adrian Peterson going down for the Vikings last year is, is absolutely devastating to the team. We have a chance to survive that injury because we have Mark Ingram and because we drafted Alvin Kamara. Um, Teron Armstead going down. Um, drafting Ryan Ramchick made that, situation not so frightening for Saints fans and uh why you got to pay homage obviously to Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton and the rest of the front office for controlling that making sure that they drafted Ramchick even though they knew that Saints fans were I mean obviously they wanted Reuben Foster and Saints fans probably would have been a little bit more happier with that at the time but now looking back at it you got to say well thank god that they picked the next best available player no matter the position instead of going after um, like another safety or cornerback or linebacker that that wasn't obviously as good, wasn't really first round talent that Ramchick was. So uh, that that was a fantastic move by Loomis, and um, and then you, you look all around too. Our receiving core uh, it just got rated one of the top top five most underrated by NFL Network. Uh, top five most underrated uh, wide receiver cores because uh, you have Michael Thomas, Willie Sneed, signed Ted Ginn Jr., Alvin Kamara can be a flex back. 
Uh, you also have Brandon Coleman, who was a um, very high prospect when he was drafted. He's still getting his feet. So even if there are injuries to those areas, I still think the Saints are in good hands, especially with Peyton um, as head coach and Drew Brees as quarterback. So um, now the schedule part that you said that was – uh, Nothing more can be said about that. We have such a tough schedule, especially at the beginning of the season. Uh, we open up Monday night, and then we play uh, against the team who you can't uh, – we'll talk about them a little bit later, the Vikings. You can't really mess around with the Vikings. They, their, their defense was phenomenal last year. Um, their offense was, was pretty high-powered. Um, but – and then six days later, we play the defending Super Bowl champions. <laughs> Like, okay. like that's, that's not – and then a and then, um, couple weeks later, we traveled to London – to play the Miami Dolphins. It is not like we're traveling across the country to Miami to play them. No, we're traveling much farther away. We're traveling overseas to play these guys. Um, and then we have a really early week five bye week, um, which, which I never heard. Yeah. Week five or week six. I'm pretty sure it's week five, week five, bye week, which, which, which it, it, that sucks to me. Like, like that's, I hate early bye weeks. I remember a couple years ago, we had like a week four bye week, um, which really doesn't make. I, th- I think obviously they have to balance it out, but I don't think NFL teams should have any earlier than like week seven by week. Just just because like it should belong somewhere in the middle of the season to kind of balance it out. So now the Saints play four pretty tough games, have a bye week, and then they don't get another week off um, for the rest of the season. The the final twelve games, they're just going to be back to back to back to back to back with a Thursday night uh, game thrown in there. So. Schedule makes it tough. Um, obviously, the health, uh, we can survive. Um, and then we're, we're going to need to beat teams like Carolina, like Atlanta, and like Tampa Bay at least once. We have to beat each of those teams at least one time. We, we can't have a losing division record, um, not only to help us get into the playoffs, but just to keep the morale of the team high, um, especially winning home games. Uh, because a lot of people have been saying that uh, the Superdome used to be a place of pretty much like immortality for the Saints. So you, you go in and you know you're not going to lose. But ever since Robert Griffin the third came in, um, his very first game as a rookie and made the Saints look silly, uh, the Superdome hasn't been the same as far as home field advantage goes. And that's that's really sad to see. So the Saints need to step that into high gear. Uh, Breeze needs to use his veteran presence uh, to affect everybody and, and try to get them back on and let them know how important it is. I'm rambling just a little bit, but so overall, I think for me, this the floor for the Saints is six and ten. Uh, I wanted to say five and eleven, but really, the more I think about it, the more I'm like five and eleven would only happen had we had a ton of injuries and like major injuries. Um, even if we have one or two here or there, we still have really good depth at pretty much every position besides. I mean, I, I would argue uh, defensive end, defensive line, and linebacker. Um, we have depth everywhere else to help us out in that area. So, um, I, for me, the floor for the Saints this uh, season is 6-10. and 10. What about you, Tyler? What, what's your input on this? I was going to say, um, what's your ceiling, though? Before I put my opinion, what's your ceiling? Um, honestly, the ce- I could see the ceiling being 11-5, and 12-4. Uh, that's the funny part. Is, uh, that's going to be the same thing. But my approach, I'm going to say, is going to be a little more optimistic. So let's just get a couple of things out of the way first, and I'll just hit on a couple of key points what I was listening to as you guys were talking. So you figure with everything the Saints lost last year, they lost their first-round draft pick. They lost Bro, who was an absolute beast. You think uh, it almost went, from a, with the way you look at it, it almost went the best-case scenario for the Saints 
despite everything they lost. You know, you figure this team was starting with their six and seven string cornerbacks. Their secondary was like a deflated balloon, like a deflated Tom Brady throwing football. You know, it, it was bad. It was really bad. And then they still won seven and nine, just one game away from 500. So I think, you know, with everything the Saints have added, I think it could be a lot better this year, depending on what happens, who we play, and what happens of the game. So I'll just hit on these points really quick. I think this team has a talent, absolutely, you know, to compete against some of the tougher teams this, uh, this season. You look at this, uh, the teams the Saints are playing, some of the harder ones, you look at the Patriots, the Packers, uh, the division games, they're going to be tough. But the thing is, the Saints have a weird, I won't almost say curse, but they play really weird when it comes time to certain games. They play really miserable yeah. against miserable teams, but they yeah. play really great against great teams. One of the last few times that the Saints play the Patriots, if it weren't for uh, a Patriots offensive lineman, I think holding Gallette, we would have won the game. So it was as simple as that. The Saints play really well against great teams. So it's just a matter of what team shows up and who who is the determining athlete that is a factor for the Saints during that game. And another thing, too, is I, I, here's a bit of um, uncertainty, but I think the Saints come, can come out of it pretty well. Nobody really knows how the team is going to play this year. You look at all the additions they made, but you look at, obviously, they lost a few guys in Sheldon Rankin, well, not Sheldon Rankin's, um, Nick Fairley, the Beast, for a year. They lost Tron Armstead, uh, Max Hunger, sort of. So people could be underestimating us, but at the same time, people could be overestimating us. It's just a matter of the Saints slowly, you know, uh, gradually gaining wins and um, just really showing the NFL what this team is made of. You know, the Saints, I think, if everything goes in their favor, you know, they play their cards right, could be an 11-12 win team. I could even go higher to say their ceiling is 13 wins if they get a hot streak maybe during late of the season, you know, with the right things. And my last point is this team is a great team, and it's built now for injury and versatility depending on the position. You look at right now some examples I wrote down. The offensive line with a little bit of the positions, the Saints might do some shuffling, but they still could be relatively fine depending on who goes to show up depending on what week. They're secondary now. You look at last year with everyone they lost. They added Marcus Williams, and they have a healthy P.J. Williams back. They have Arthur Mollett, who can make the team. They even have a Marshawn Lattimore. They drafted in the first round. So they have that. They have the linebacker position where they have practically everybody on the team now. And I, I, They had a great offseason. They had a pretty good draft. I think the floor right now for the Saints is probably going to say 6-10. and 10. If everything doesn't go the way it's planned, the Saints lose a lot of key starters. But I'm on the more optim- optimistic side of things, and I believe this team could probably have around 9-10, to 10, probably 11-12 wins, depending on how they play and who, who shows up, you know? But that yeah. was my little take, so... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and again, it's like what I was talking about with uh, Matt. This kind of ties into your article, your your piece as well, Matt, um, about like the what if situations. What if, um, you know, we get a major injury to say Drew Brees or Cam Jordan. Um, you know, what what if, um, our, our schedule turns out to be tough. Like if we play mediocre against the mediocre teams and we lose, like that first gimme game. What what if the Saints don't play the way they should week eight against the Bears and we lose that game? What if any of that happens? So. Um, and, and that happens when you have a, a, a consistency of mediocrity, so to speak. You know, all of these seven and nine seasons in a row. And 
and uh, no playoff berths and all of this, fans start to get skeptical. Experts start to get skeptical of, of how the system is working and, and how the players go. Um, but, you know, we are, we're trying to stay as optimi- optimistic as we can, obviously, because we root for the Saints. But it's also yeah. because <laughs> of looking at them, we see some really promising aspects of the team. Um, we're not we're not just saying that we're 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 ex- we're hoping or expecting them to be good because we want to see them. No, we're saying this because looking at the team, we can tell that uh, you know Drew Brees is so fantastic. Sean Payton still knows what he's doing. Adrian Peterson was a good sign, and we drafted well. Um, you know, and and that's obviously starting to take note around the country as, as pe- more people are starting to buy into the Saints being a dark horse um, in the NFC, even though they play in arguably the toughest position in foot or uh, division in football. Um, so, yeah, we, we got to be optimistic, but at the end of the day, it, it has been um, not a very good few seasons for the Saints. So, so we we got to we got to kind of question um, kind of where they're at right now. Um, but let's get into our second and final topic of the day. That first one was fantastic. I love I love talking um, like uh, prediction scenario, you know, stuff yep. like that. I love talking about that stuff, and and that's what we're gonna do again for this second topic. Um, away game predictions. Tyler and I will rotate naming all eight of the away opponents for the Saints who who have to play the season. Um, and then each of us will say whether or not we think that they will win that game and why or why not we will win. So, Tyler, go and take it away first with the first team. Okay. All right. Uh, week one, uh, we play the Minnesota Vikings on primetime. What do you guys think? You think we win the game or no? That's going to be tough. That's, yeah, that's that's be a tough one there. Their defense, I mean, last year was no joke. Um, they kind of they started hot, and then, you know, they came back down to uh, expectations, I think. I think people were thinking they'd go 8-8 eight and eight, uh, right in there. And, you know, um, I'm not high on Sam Bradford. Never have been. Um, he didn't prove himself in, um, when he was in St. Louis. Uh, he didn't prove himself in um, Philadelphia. And then Minnesota just throws away pick after pick after pick just to get him on their team, scrambling. Um, I'm not fan of him. I think as long as he's the quarterback on offense, um, there's no deep threat. He's he's the king of uh, of six yard slant routes. Mm-hmm. That's his. That is his go to. Um, the thing that really helps the Saints in this game is it's in a dome. Um, Saints have historically done really well in domes. Um, even you know we beat the Minnesota Vikings in this dome or in their old dome. I'm sorry, not this new dome um, that they are in um, now, but beat them to actually go to the Super Bowl, beat uh, Brett Favre and all that. And I think Adrian Peterson, I think he's just going to ball out. Like, this is his chance to say, I'm worth this much money. New Orleans saw something in me, and I'm coming back home. He's just, I think he's going to run over that defense. That defense is yeah. really good. Really good. But I think, you know, I think New Orleans can win this one just on the back of AP. Like, they just, yep. they're going to they're gonna feed him. Mark Ingram is the starter. I think he deserves to be the starter. But I think in this game, they need to give Adrian Peterson 15, 20 carries and just let him, let him, let him be AP. Let him be old, old time AP. Yeah, I think that they, I, I believe the Saints are going to win this game as well. And th- there are many reasons they go into this. Number one is, is like you mentioned, was uh, Adrian Peterson and how I, I also think he'll ball out. He'll have a really good game. Probably one of the best um, for that he's had in a while, for sure. Um, I also think that since this is the very first game of the season um, and it's a Monday night game. Um, you know, there, there's no like short rest happening or, or long rest. It's the first game for each team. Um, Minnesota in September isn't Minnesota in December, or January. There's not that huge of a, um, you know, home field advantage, so to speak. Um, and Minnesota was shaky at the end of last year. Um, will, will, will they show up like they did 
uh, for the first five games last season, or are they going to show their true colors as they did last year? I, I really like Stefan Diggs, and, and I'm not a huge fan of Sam Bradford either. My dad was a Rams fan, and, and he absolutely despised Sam. Like, obviously, when they first drafted him, every all Rams fans love Sam Bradford, but they know that he is really is a uh, facade. He's not that great of a quarterback and never really was. So um, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I, I do think that the Vikings will win game one. What do you think, Tyler? All right. I've got seven words. All Seven words is all you need. One, uh, I'll just name them off. Adrian Peterson and Saints rookies fall out. That's all that needs to be said. You know, you figure the rookies, you know, the Saints have some ta- talented players, some young players who can um, fall out for the team, and it's Adrian Peterson's return home. Come on. Yeah. You think he, Sean Payton knows this very well and is going to give uh, AP, AD, a lot of carries. So, all right, Dave, what game do you have next? All right. Uh, second away game is going to be against division rival Carolina Panthers. What do you guys think? Win or no win? Matt, you can go first if you want. Um, again, I think this one's you know, a little bit tough. Uh, I'm really not high on the Panthers. They showed last year. Uh, they weren't. Uh, was last year just a fluke? That's that's the big question, I think. is you know They went 15-1 and one in 2015, and then last year they played terribly. They have some. Uh, they got Christian McCaffrey on offense. Uh, they've they've added a lot of, a lot of talent on their team, on especially on their offense. Um, as long as you have Greg Olson, you're gonna have a really really great tight end. You have Cam Newton. Um, you have Christian McCaffrey added to the backfield, backfield, and he can play wide receiver in the slot. Um, you know, the one thing that really hurts us, I think, is that it's a quick turnaround from. Um, you know, we have the first two weeks. It's really, uh, it's really tough. We're coming off Monday Night Football. And we have the New England Patriots uh, at home uh, right, after, right before this game. So I think it's gonna be really tough. Uh, depends on how we play against New England. If we play, you know, really well. Um, we bring confidence into this game. I think you know we should run away with it. I don't think Carolina is that much improved from last year. I don't think Cam Newton still knows exactly what you know he is doing. He hasn't had um, I think over 250 passing yards average a game uh, since 2012. Um, it didn't hurt him in 2015, I believe. Or, I'm sorry, it might have been for 2015. Uh, yeah. But it hasn't hurt him. It didn't hurt him that year. Uh, but last year, uh, Carolina just did not play well. Um, again, I'm kind of close to Charlotte, so I'm going to try to go to this game if I can uh, with a friend that lives in um, Charlotte. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I, again, I think it's tough. I think as long as we avoid injuries and we have a little bit of confidence coming into this game, if we can split the first two games, go one and one even, um, I think we can pull this off. I think this is a this is a game we can win. Okay, so uh, let's see. For me, um, I it wouldn't surprise me if the Saints split with all their division opponents. The Panthers were awful last year. You know, maybe they might be still be on their uh, Super Bowl hangover. But the fans with the Saints, you never know who they're playing, who they're gonna face. I can see it as a loss. What about you, Dayton? Ah, uh, man, yeah, this one this one is tough. Um. Yeah, man, it, it, I think it all depends on. I, I think the reason that the Panthers did not as not as well a season ago as they did in 2015 was because of the loss of uh, Justin Norman, um, and and that what he, like it's not like he was the best, but he 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 was arguably a top three cornerback in the NFL that entire season. I mean, I mean, obviously he got beat in some games and whatnot, but he was the blood, he was the backbone and the bloodline to that defense. There's a reason the Redskins wanted him so highly after just one season or and, and why the Saints did as well. So um, I think that the Saints will actually win that game solely off of um, the losses the Panthers have experienced on defense. Not only just Norman, but you look at um, 
who uh, Coney Ely, who they who they traded away to the Patriots. Um, he 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 was actually an anchor on their defensive line, and he was important. So I think that Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson are, are going to run amok on uh, Carolina, who usually gives up a lot of stuff. And Thomas Davis, Thomas Davis, as much as I like him, he's aging. He might not do well. So Luke, Luke Keekley will have to step up, and uh, he can only do so much on the defensive side. So give me the Saints. Give me the Saints another road win. All right. So next one we got, guys, is going to be in on England, I'm pretty sure, is against the Miami Dolphins. What you guys got? Yeah, so the not only difficult part about that is that uh, it is obviously tra- more travel time to London. Um, but the good thing about that is, uh, like, it's not really technically an away game, so to speak. Obviously, we have to go away from home, but it's not a home game for Miami. So it's not like they're going to have – so really the crowd's probably going to be, like, 50-50 even. I'm not sure if the Saints or Dolphins are more popular in London. Uh, I'm not – it's probably going to be 50-50. Saints I'm not sure. Crowd, Saints do have a Saints crowd, though. Saints do have a crowd. Yeah, England. So, so the Saints might even have the upper hand, possibly. But I think it'll be more 50-50. Um, and the Dolphins, I, I haven't seen them make any splash moves lately. Um, I mean – uh, who they, they got Charles Harris, uh, which was a pretty good pickup. I think that they're overpaying for Indomitian Sioux. Um, and I don't think that their secondary is going to be able to stop Drew Brees. So I'm being very optimistic. Give me another win for the Saints. 3-0 and on the road to start out the season. Let's go. Yeah, I, I feel the same as you. Uh, Dan Hill is a good quarterback. He's not an elite. But he's mm-hmm. Second and third tier of quarterbacks in the league. They have Kenny Stills, a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they made a few signings in the offseason. Uh, there wasn't anything major. Um, you know, Indom Kinsu, he's he's a good talent, but is he going to show up? Is he? You know, what, how how is he going to perform? Is he going to play off the rails? And again, we do kind of have uh, a really good a lot of fans in in England. Uh, you know, uh, I know they acquired Julius Thomas in a trade with um, Jacksonville, I think. That's for right. Seventh round pick. I yeah. Think they got is, um, and he didn't play well in Jacksonville. Um, he hasn't played well since he had you know, Peyton Manning at quarterback and. Um, if he can play 25% of as well as he did in, in Denver, then that's a solid pickup. He's, he's yeah. a good talent. He's athletic. Um, and I'm, I'm really optimistic, too. Um, you know, I, even though the game is in London, the travel time and all that, I see a win. Uh, I don't, unless the weather's really nasty. Right. Um, you know, Saints don't play good in, in rainy weather and snow and all the different stuff. But I think if it's, you know, if it's a nice day out in London, uh, in, or in England, I'm not sure if it's in London or not, but it'll be a, it'll be a thing. I think it's a win. It'll be tough. I think I see a win. Did they make the playoffs last year, guys? Didn't they? No, no, they, no, they didn't. No. Oh, they did. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, they played Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wild card. Okay, so yeah. I here's my uh, short thing. Overrated playoff team. Give me the Saints. There you go. That's okay. I, I'll take it. Tyler. That was good. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, and then the next game is going to be the Green Bay Packers coming off a NFC Championship game appearance a season ago. Uh, what do you guys think? You want to go first, Matt, or you want me to take it? Yeah, you go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, Packers, the Packers. They're a good team when they want to be. You know, look at the way the Falcons exposed them last year. The Saints have um a really explosive offense like the Falcons did when they um blew up the Packers last year. I don't remember if the Packers really added much. But um, the Saints are an explosive team on offense. And if Green Bay can't keep up, give me the Saints win. But other than that, it'll be close. I don't know who wins it, but it'll be close. Yeah, uh, Green Bay is really good. Uh, you can never count out Aaron Rodgers. He is, you know, one of the best in the game. Um, easily up there in the top five quarterbacks in the league um, right now. You can never count them out. But Green Bay does have a tendency to start out slow. Uh, you remember they started, I think, what, 4-4 four and four last year? Uh, and then, you know, 
Aaron Rodgers had the whole relax thing, and then they went on this major run, won eight straight games, went to the playoffs. You know, they, they're a really, really good team, but this is still the first half of the year. Um, thankfully, we play them early in the year and not in December. Um, if that was the case, I would say we would be closer to a loss. It is kind of a 50-50 toss-up game. Um, depends on how our defense plays. Can our defense shut down the receivers and the offense of Aaron Rodgers? You're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers. You need to slow him down. We need a few defensive stops. That's all we need in this game. The end, I see it as a loss. I think Rodgers is a little bit too good for our young defense right now. Um, that could change by that point of the season. This defense could be gelling and be really great. But I see it as a loss right now. Yeah, it's. I, I would also say a lot. I, I think it really it depends on which team has more momentum going into this game. I'm not a huge believer in momentum um, in life, but in sports, it, it definitely factors in. It, it, it's, and I think in football as well. Uh, if, if you won a few weeks in a row, look at what happened to the Cowboys last year um, and even the Falcons last year, the Panthers two years ago. Um, the reason that those teams keep on winning is because of the momentum and the, the chemistry that they develop throughout that. So, Whoever has the most momentum going into this game um, will win. And um, to me, I think that's going to be Green Bay, especially on their own home turf. Uh, it's, it's hard to win in Lambeau any month, um, even if it is early, like you mentioned, Matt. It is better to play them uh, earlier in the season than, like you said, November, December, or even January. So, um, you know, I, I believe that the Packers will win, though. Um, I think that they'll have more momentum, and I think Aaron Rodgers will just barely outduel Drew Brees in this game. Um, and then, Tyler, go ahead and give us the next team. Next one, it's funny, actually, I'm going to this game, guys. But um, at Buffalo, what do you guys think? Win or loss? At Buffalo, I think Buffalo is uh, not good. Uh, I think this is one of those gimme games. I think we should uh, win this. Uh, no game in the NFL is a easy win. Uh, because there's talent everywhere in the league. I like Tyrod Taylor. Um, I liked him in college. Uh, I think he's you know, a promising. He's a quality starter in the league. He's not going to lose you too many games. He can run. He can throw. I just don't see us losing this game. I do not think Buffalo is that great of a team. What about you, Dayton? Yeah, um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm actually fairly – I'm higher on Tyrod Taylor than most people are. Um, so, I. but, again, the bill, you look at the Bills. That The Patriots are so lucky that they play in such a good division, honestly. Like, <laughs> the Jets are shaky. The Bills yeah. have always been – I mean, they have the longest playoff drought. I don't see anything changing. Brand-new head coach – um, even though I, I agree Tyrod Taylor is a very good quality starting quarterback, but in whatever system the Bills run, hopefully it changes with uh, McDermott as, as the head coach, but whatever system the Bills run, it seems to never work on offense. I mean, LaShawn McCoy was really, really good in, in uh, Philadelphia, and last year he did pretty good in Buffalo, but before that he was very shaky. He might be due to injuries a little bit, but whatever system they run on offense doesn't, like Sammy Watkins should be a top, 10 top five receiver in the NFL and he's just not and Tyrod Taylor I don't think is the answer at quarterback um and as far as defense they with Rex Ryan they tried to build up the defense as much as they could and it was just not happening and it's because you need a good secondary you need good secondary leaders and they don't have that um same with their linebacking core it's not ever since they lost uh, I think Kiko Alonso he's actually with uh, Miami now ever since they lost uh, Kiko Alonso I think that their linebacking core has just just dwindled down to like a not a very good linebacking core. Uh, so there's, there's not much else to say about the Bills. Give me a win by the Saints. I, I, I believe that the Saints will win that game. Um, strictly, I mean, and again, 
Uh, it's good. That it's obviously going to be cold in Buffalo, but not as bad as it would be playing in late November or December. So uh, that's going to be good. Hopefully, Tyler, I really hope you go to the game because I, I would love to have you be there for a Saints victory. Um, next game, we're going to go to the Saints. Oh, Tyler, go ahead. My, my bad, man. My bad, man. Oh, go my ahead. God. I don't even have much to say. My bad, man. Go, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Weather won't be an issue, hopefully. Buffalo's offense can't keep up. It's Drew Brees. New systems take time to develop. Saints win. All right, now the Rams. Dayton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, well, there you go. Now we're even. Now you took you took you took my thunder for the team. The next <laughs> the next one we're going to the from uh, snowy Buffalo to sunny California. The Los Angeles Rams. What do you guys think? All right. So for me, I've got this. I don't remember the last time the Rams played the Saints. Yeah, it didn't go well. Saints win. There you go. All right. I'll dig yeah. it. Gordon Sweet. Uh, look, the Rams got a whole heck of a lot better when they got rid of Jeff Fisher. Um, they're still not a really good team. Their defense is probably the strong point. Um, and maybe their offensive line. Uh, I don't like Jared Goff. I do not think he is a, uh, a franchise quarterback. Maybe he can be developed. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was just because he was playing under Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher does have a horrible track record of developing quarterbacks. Look at Vince Young. He uh, had that great rookie season and just went off the rails. Partly because of him, probably, but also I think Jeff Fisher had a, a part of that. Um, and we're in L.A. Like you said, weather should not be an issue. Saints win. Yeah, I, I I hate to keep saying that the or uh, I, yeah I hate to keep saying that the Saints are going to keep winning these road games just because naturally they're they're not they're not too fantastic on the road. But uh, give me give me a win against LA, uh, and you just hit you just hit all the points. So did uh, uh, Tyler last time the Saints played the Rams didn't go too well for LA. Um, and and Jared Goff, I agree, he is not the answer. I mean, there's a reason he didn't start. Um, until later in the season last year when he actually started, it wasn't that good. He's not ready for the NFL, and he wasn't when he was drafted. Um, I think that the uh, Rams overreach for that. Um, give me give me the Saints. It's, it's going to be and, – and, again, the Rams, I mean, you live in L.A., you can attract better free agents than who you're getting. Robert Woods was, was a good pickup. But if you're an L.A. team, you need great pickups. You need stars. Uh, Jared Goff is not a star. Nobody that they signed is a star. They don't have a they don't have the star power on their on their team. Um, so I don't think that's going to mesh well. I think that overall their their season's going to be a little bit better than last year, especially with a new head coach. But he's a young guy. Give me the Saints. Give me the give me the Saints winning that game. All right. Next one we've got is a division rival, Atlanta Falcons. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep this one short too. Um, I see it as a loss for the Saints simply because the Falcons were this close to being Super Bowl champions last year. And we can't take that away from them. We can make as many 28 and three jokes as we love, which I love making those jokes. Oh yeah. Um, those, that, that's fantastic. We're going to, we're going to save that forever as Saints fans, but they were, they were inches away from being Super Bowl champions and we can't take that away from them and their, and how great their roster is and, and what they built there with uh, Dan Quinn. So, um, especially in, in, in the, um, the brand new, I think, right. It's going to be a game in the brand new, um, and they they also call their the Mercedes Benz Dome. Uh, we have we have uh, the we have the Super I think it's Dome. A Mercedes Benz Stadium. Mercedes Benz not... Stadium. Yeah, it's something like. I mean, it's like almost the same exact. Which good for Mercedes Benz for for getting those rights. But it's going to be in the new stadium. Matt Ryan's going to be slinging the ball. Um, they have uh, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman in the backfield. Their their defense, uh, while it's not superstar defense, it, it's it's good enough to get the job done, especially with Dan Quinn as head coach. So Falcons, I think, will win that game. Yeah, I'm, I'm on your on board with you yeah. uh you know living living in georgia close to atlanta it hurts to say it um but i love making those jokes it's even more fun to make those 20, um, 23 jokes 
especially yeah. living in Georgia around a bunch of Falcons fans. Um, big question around the Falcons is going to be what how their offense looks with the loss of Shanahan at offensive coordinator. Steve Sarkeesian is a great offensive mind, but he's only a few years removed from that whole um, alcohol fiasco at, at USC. Um, so I think, uh, again, their offense, Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. you got Julio Jones. you got the running backs. You have a great defense, uh, up-and-coming defense, uh, but their defensive line was insanely good last year. Um, again, like Tyler said earlier, I think we split uh, the Falcons. Uh, I think we can win it at home, and I think we can lose this win um, in Atlanta. All right, for me, I the Saints, uh, not the Saints, the Falcons lost a lot, and Shanahan and various, uh, various other players and um, coaches and whatnot. The Saints usually split with divisions, but the thing is the Falcons are really good last year. I'll say it's a close lo- a loss, if not a close win. There you go, yeah. Either way, I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, final away game for the Saints is against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a rising team. What do you guys think, win or no win? All right, for me, I'm going to say uh, the Buccaneers are rising, but the thing is nobody knows, like the Saints, how good they're going to be, if it's hype or if it's a facade, like we mentioned earlier. So I'm going to say the Saints split with the Buccaneers. Having the away game being the win. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, this game is going to be one of those close games. I have us losing this one. Um, I think Tampa Bay is ready to take off. I think they can get double-digit wins. I think they can compete with Atlanta. Um, Atlanta has a tough schedule, so they might not be as good as they were last year. But I think Tampa Bay, uh, they can get double-digit wins. 10, 11, 12 wins. Jameis is ready to play big time. I mean, they just signed Deshaun Jackson. Uh, they got Mike Evans, already a really great starting wide receiver. OG Howard, probably the biggest steal of the draft. I don't know how yeah. he falls down that far. He is instant playmaker for that offense. And, uh, you know, they had some good defensive signings as well. They got J.J. Wilcox. They need to help in the secondary. They got their, they got their uh, safety. Um, you know, this game could be, you know, for them to clinch the division. This could be for them to get a top two seed. They play well enough. Um, I'm not sure they're going to be that good. I think they will make the playoffs this year. But I do have us uh, losing this game in Tampa. Yeah, I, I also have it as an L. Um, and talk about O.J. Howard, that was an absolute steal for them. And you, you also look at the incident that happened with Austin Safari and Jenkins. The DUI he got led to a subsequent um, release from the team. That really was a blessing in disguise for them. Um, and I, I don't mean to use another player's unfortunate happenings to you know boost an argument for me. But that I mean, I you know him being cut from the team. And then O.J. Howard just so happening to be there at the 19th slot, them not having to sacrifice anything to get the best tight end, arguably with the best um, overall offensive player in the draft. I think that that's what he was dubbed as. He was the best overall offensive player talent in the draft. Um, the fact that, you know, they got him, like if Safarian Jenkins was still on the team, O.J. Howard would have kept falling. So the fact that they got O.J. Howard and, and all that situation that just went down, that was that was a great steal for them. Uh, Jameis Winston is going to play good. Mike Evans, I think, is going to put it into another gear as well. I think he's going to show his true colors. And their defense has been pretty consistent um, for a while now, actually. Um, uh, it's it, They obviously built their defensive lineup as much as they could. Fell off a little bit with uh, guys like Claiborne leaving the team. But uh, like you said, they're, they're, their secondary as well is good. So, yeah, give me, give me a Tampa Bay in that game. Uh, a loss for the Saints, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, that'll do it. That was that was a fantastic show. We got a lot in for not there not being a lot of uh, big storylines for the Saints. It was a very slow yep. part of the uh, off season. Uh, Matt, you were you were fantastic, my man. Loved having you on the show. We will have you Good back. Night. And the, the reason I wanted to do um, 
one segment being the floor for the Saints and then the other one doing away game predictions because I, I want you back onto the show um, uh, sometime in the near future to do what we think the ceiling of the Saints is, go more in depth as to what we really think the ceiling is for the Saints, and then we do some quick home game predictions as well. So, uh, Matt, again, thank you so much, man. Go and plug away your social media again and um, go and sign off real quick. I appreciate that. Thanks, thank you guys again for having me on. I'd love to come back. Let me know when. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at M McFatty. That's M M C F A T T Y nine three. And again, also stream on Twitch. Uh, that information is in my Twitter bio as well. Play a bunch of variety of games. Uh, so check that out sometime too. All right, Matt. You go ahead and stay on the line. We'll uh, we'll uh, wrap this up real quick. Um, Tyler, go ahead. Uh, give it a sign off. Plug away real quick. Sure. Okie dokie, guys. So. Uh, this is the Huretish Podcast. We wouldn't be doing anything like this now without the help of you guys. And we appreciate the support from everything we get from, you know, the NFLers, the Saints fans, you know, Dish and fan sites. So without you guys, we wouldn't be anything. So we appreciate that. You can follow the podcast. We do this every Monday night, Monday afternoon. Uh, the next one will be July 10th, around 6 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, Dan will mention the uh, his time zone, but because I do not remember. <laughs> but, um... Uh, so, you can follow us on Twitter at the following ones. The official podcast, you can follow on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. You can follow the lovely host, Dayton Brown, at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. And you can follow myself at Raymond Tyler M. But again, we appreciate all the support. We know everything's going really well for our fourth podcast, and we appreciate Matt. We just appreciate everything. So, yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate you, Tyler, for being a fantastic co-host with me. Uh, these Ditto. these four episodes have flown by, and it's been a great. Yeah, right. I mean, time flies when you're having fun, and I've, and I've been having a lot of fun on the show. Thanks to you, Tyler, all the listeners, and fantastic guests like Matt. So thank you again, Matt. Um, yeah, next week we will be having uh, Christian from Catch the Blitz. You can find him on Instagram. He has a, he has a huge following on Instagram. Uh, uh, he, I, he usually does college football analytics and stuff, so we're going to ask him about what he thinks about Marshawn Lattimore and the NFL draft overall, how it affects the Saints and the NFC South, and everything that goes into that. Um, it's it's going to be great to have him on the show as well. And yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we will talk to you guys next week.